Welcome to the Weekly Juice Podcast, where we discuss all things real estate, personal finance, investing, entrepreneurship, and the many ways to achieve financial independence. We interview accomplished investors and entrepreneurs with the goal that their stories inspire you to take control of your financial future. Here to get your creative juices flowing while also documenting their own personal investing journeys are your hosts, Corey Jacobson and Ryan Bevilacqua. Welcome back to the Weekly Juice. As always, it's your boys, Ryan and Corey here. Today we have special guest, Jamie Gruber joining the show. Jamie is a real estate investor, host of the Tribe of Millionaires podcast, founder of Emerge, the mastermind. And Jamie is an entrepreneur and investor that quit his $350,000 a year corporate job to live life on his own terms, or as he says, to live on purpose. Yeah, Jamie is, uh, he runs GoBundance, right? Like, or one of the guys who runs- One of the arms. Yeah, one of the arms who runs GoBundance, and then emerges like a mastermind that is kind of a, a an under the GoBundance umbrella. He says it's an ascension program to almost graduate from Emerge to GoBundance, you know, if, as time goes on. Yeah, so Jamie is, is a guy who in his, I think late 30s it was, actually left a- you mentioned it, a $350,000 corporate job where he spent 20 years at. And then he he decided one day he had enough skills and he was ready to go out into the entrepreneurial world and it just wasn't something that was fulfilling him and making him happy anymore. And I think that this episode is 100% completely mindset-based and how to remove yourself from maybe this rut that he was in to you know, the entrepreneur life and you know, all of the great fulfillment that comes with that. But I will say this also, this episode is also talking a lot about the value of a community and the value of a mastermind. It kind of inadvertently sells you on just the fact that you can get pulled up to the level of people around you. And if you're not in the right rooms, you'll be able to recognize that really quickly. And it kind of just showed for Ryan and I that like, that's a hundred percent. The next phase for us is getting into mastermind and getting around people that are doing bigger things so we can look up and maybe not look across as much. So Jamie was excellent, just unbelievable. He was, and I think we kind of felt like he was talking directly to us, even though he wasn't directing his conversation at us when he was talking about um, investing in yourself versus always investing on the next investment property or the next um, stock or whatever it may be. So I know there's a lot of people listening there that you're accumulating cash, cash, and you're like, hey, where do I deploy this next? What investment should I put this in? Should I buy an e-commerce store? Should I buy a real estate investment? Should I buy a short-term rental, long-term rental, mid-term rental? Like, where do I, where the heck do I put this cash? And what Jamie is saying, and, and specifically for us, like we're coming up on a couple of refinances and also the sale of a property. So we'll be coming into some cash. We're like, hey, listen, what should we be doing with this? And he, he was like, siphon off a portion of that to invest in yourself and put it into a mastermind because you're, that 10, that, let's just say hypothetically it's $10,000. That $10,000 is going to, at least 10x itself by the connections you make in there. And who knows, you might find a future business partner. You might find another partnership or the, something that you want to do for your future that only costs you 10,000 bucks. In hindsight, if you don't do it now, you're going to be continuing trying to chip away while you still have your W-2 job. It's a way to basically like scale yourself a little bit quicker and get around like-minded people a little bit faster. Now, you shouldn't be looking at it as a liability or an expense. You should be looking at it as an investment. And that's kind of the the underlying tone that he wove throughout the episode, which was, Super insightful for us, uh, something that we're highly considering. So um, I think for all those people that ask us, you know, hey, hey, what do you think about my, 
uh, masterminds are you going to be in one next like this is the episode that's our tipping point and and will likely you know convert us over and we're you know hopefully going to join emerge here in the in the next i would say a couple of months if all goes well and that's where we find the right fit right we're going to do our due diligence but yeah Exactly, right. And Jamie is uh, also, I think you mentioned it in the, in the beginning, he's an apartment syndicator, but he sold all his real estate that he owned himself. Uh, he had some duplexes and some some larger units, and he sold it all to be in the syndication space, in the multifamily syndication space, where he can be more of a capital raiser. So there's a lot of similarities between the stage that we're in and the stage that he's at. And it was just a great, genuine conversation with the dude who, like, you could tell he's all fired up. He's got a ton of energy, and he really brought it. Uh, but this is... 100% like the value that a mastermind could bring to your life. Yeah, I think if you're a fly on the wall and you've been following us from the beginning and you hear this episode, you you listen to Jamie, you're going to be like, whoa, you guys literally parallel each other. You're just 10 years apart. And it's it's just we're doing all the same stuff. So that's how I felt. I took a step back and I and I started listening to him talking like, wow, he's literally talking as if he was Corey and I and kind of like being that like older big brother figure kind of saying, hey, dudes, 10 years ago, this is what I would have been doing. So I think without further ado, we bring in Jamie and let him uh, run the show. Let's do it. For real estate investors, going mobile is the next big thing for managing our properties. We like to have the power and resources in the palm of our hand. When we're hunting for deals, we're consistently go, go, go. Having RentReady's property management app is great for checking in on all our properties, especially when it's time to collect rent. With RentReady, we get the benefit of both mobile and web apps that allow us to collect rent from anywhere. We not only get instant notifications when rent is paid, but we also have the ability to send automatic reminders to tenants when rent is due or late. From finding the perfect tenant to collecting rent, everything an investor needs to build wealth and manage their investing portfolio can now be found under one roof with RentReady. The most exciting news is that RentReady gave us an exclusive 50% off promo code that can now be used by all of our Weekly Juice listeners. You just need to visit RentReady.com and enter the code JUICEBOT to get 50% off any RentReady plan. That is R-E-N-T redi.com and under the code JuicePod, J-U-I-C-E-P-O-D to receive 50% off any rent-ready plan. As you know, we talk a lot about financial independence, building revenue streams, and buying yourself more income. Wanted to give our listeners a special opportunity to potentially add a different revenue stream for themselves and into their portfolio. Tune into episode 110 to hear Corey and I peel back a couple layers on something that we're investing in currently at the moment. Just gives you a snapshot of where we are in our journey and gives you the opportunity to invest as well. This specific opportunity is to invest in a YouTube content monetization channel. And we go through every single step of the way, how we got involved and all the ins and outs of it. And if you're interested after listening to the episode, feel free to drop us a DM. We're happy to answer any questions that you have and we'll point you in the right direction. Jamie, officially welcome to the Weekly Juice Podcast. Corey and I are so excited to have you on the show, man. As we mentioned pre-recording, done a lot of research on you, uh, have a lot of overlapping friends, and we're just thrilled to finally have you on the show. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Great to be on. Do you call it the juice? You have to. The juice. Yeah. The weekly yeah, juice. Yeah. I know it's the weekly juice, but like you got to, you know, glad to be on the juice. Hopefully, what, what can we... Ki- We'll hopefully squeeze some knowledge out of me. I don't know. That's a dad Definitely joke. will. Definitely Terrible will. Terrible dad joke, but. That's <laughs> fine. You can tell you're dad. That's good. <laughs> Respectfully. Um, so thanks again for coming on the show. As I mentioned, uh, we've we've candidly done quite the research on you and you just have an amazing background. But what I want to do, if you could, is just walk us through the story of how you became an entrepreneur and kind of got yourself out of the quote unquote rat race and into real estate mess. Yeah. I, you know, I, I was. I was on another podcast and somebody was amazed as I talked about the fact that I transitioned out of this job that I kept talking about. Yeah, I didn't love it, didn't love it. They're like, well, how long are you there? 
I say I was about 21 years. They're like, God, man, like 21 years. Like, I, I guess I have some staying power, you know, but, um, you know, I, I like a lot of people uh, followed the tried and true path, or at least that that my parents forged for me. Right. You know, go to school, get out. My parents weren't big college people. Therefore, I wasn't. And I never finished. But at 21, I weaseled, weaseled my way into a corporate gig, uh, which at the time I loved because I, I was working as a restaurant manager at 21. And, you know, I could go to an office where I don't stink like fried food and I'm not working till 2 a.m. on a Saturday. So it was really cool to begin with. Right. Like I had an eight to five Monday through Friday type schedule. Uh, as a claims adjuster, which not something I grew up wishing to be, but good company, good benefits, good everything you talk about when you get a job. And I was good at it. I was, I just was good at it. It was naturally uh, gifted to do the sorts of things. It was a, a fast paced job. It had, you know, metrics around speed and energy. And that's just kind of me, right? So it worked for me. And I just started to naturally ascend. I, I became a supervisor within two years, which was unheard of. I was 23 years old. Became a manager a year after that of an entire region, which was, again, unheard of at 24 years old. And then I started looking at opportunities in, over the next few years to, to do something bigger. Moved to Boston. I know where you were, Ryan. So I moved to Boston for a while and uh, took a, uh, like a higher level position there. And then it was like, man, what else is possible? You know, So I kind of got this bug of keep climbing, keep making more, get to this next level. And I took every job that I thought I needed to in order to get to the executive level because that's where the big money, the big bonus, the big uh, equity, all of that stuff came. And I hit it 17 years in, I hit the equity level position. It moved me out to Michigan where everyone wants to go. And um, uh, I just, I hated it immediately within 30 days. You know, it was the, like the shiny new car that you bought it. And then you realize 30 days later, oh, I have dogs, I have kids. Like this thing's a mess already, but it was nice for a little bit. That was the job. And it wasn't the company. It wasn't the job. It wasn't anything other than me believing that whatever I was feeling urgency around, whatever I was feeling stuck by, was solved by the next level. Like, oh, you know what? I know why I'm unsatisfied in my current job. It's because I don't have the job I deserve. Once I get that, oh, game on. And then I got it and it was like, yeah, man, hey, big life lesson. External validation doesn't really work. It's got to come from inside. You got to be driven from inside. And I think all along the way, when I look at my corporate career, like the roles that I took on that gave me the most juice, no pun intended, that gave me the most sort of uh, energy, right, was was the jobs that were sort of entrepreneurial. Like they gave me, at one point they, my company, knowing I wanted to be an executive, and a lot of companies do this, like, oh, let's develop you laterally and you know, take this role, take that role, get experience. One job was like, hey man, we want to give you this gig. Um, just so you know, it's a completely new unit and we don't know if it's going to be around in a year. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, what happens with me if it's not around in a year? They're like, yeah, we don't know. Like they have no return ticket, no guaranteed position, nothing. And I'm making, you know, 150, 180 grand a year at this point. So it wasn't nothing. Wife, I had a kid, one kid at that point. So, but I said, you know what, let's go. And I turned that, you know, sort of misfit new, like, we don't know what to do with these people. We're going to cram them into a, into an organization, like as a virtual group way before we have all this COVID virtual, whatever, like this is 2013, right? Figure it out. It went from sort of this, you know, tired group of people that were thrown somewhere because no one knew what to do with them to a desirable place because of the idea of, hey, uh, you know, I marketed, you could be virtual. You don't have to talk to customers in this particular organization, right? Like I turned it into something that actually became a big deal. And now as I left, it went from me and four leaders, supervisors with, a, with you know, five, seven or eight people reporting to them to an entire structure of about 400 people that exists still at that company, right? So that was when I got the most energy. So along the way, I guess I saw cues that entrepreneurship might be something I'm interested in, but I'll be honest, I just, I never felt like I could be that. 
I didn't start the lemonade stand when I was a kid. I didn't, you know, create the the business out of a landscaping company when I was 16, like some entrepreneurs do. Like they just kind of get it right away. Took me to 40, 42. So, <laughs> so at that point, once I hit it, and we can get into how and all that, but you know, I made the I made the pivot, I made the jump, and it's been it's been an interesting ride ever since. Well, Jamie, I got to give you credit here because uh, there's a stigma out there that like, you know, once you're comfortable, once you're in your 40s, once you kind of know the routine, like not many people change course at that point, man. Like, it's just like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Like, it's easy or it gets easier, right? Like, not many people have the fortitude to say, no, let's go. Like, I don't actually want this. And if I also think it's it's interesting that it took you as many years as it did to figure that out too. Like when I don't know, I don't like something. It's like probably in the first week, but I like literally jumped the gun so fast. Maybe I should wait a little bit longer, you sure. know? So it's like, but it's, but that's interesting that one, it took you as long as it did, but then also after as much cushion that you had, you felt like, no, I can still go and do my own thing. And that leads me to my next question. Like what was the next thing? Yeah. I know what it is, but I don't know if everybody listening is. No, that's cool. Those. Like, what was it and what gave you the mindset to say, like, I'm not only entrepreneurial within what I'm doing, but I really can take this outside and, and grow it and and flourish? Great question. And on that point about the staying power, as I reflect on it, um, real quick as an aside, when I first started at Progressive, it was much smaller. It was way more like, hey, man, like, this is the job. We need you to get this outcome and, like, just don't breach ethics or laws and figure it out. That was good for a while, right? But as the company grew and got bigger and they became more systematized, more process-driven, that became the constraint for me because it was like, no, 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 The guardrails are this tight. Do not deviate. Like I was making way more, had way more authority, but had way less autonomy, to be honest with you, as I did when I was a $26,000 a year entry-level um, claims rep. You know what I mean? It's it's incredible like that. Over time, like there was a, I don't know when it was, but there was a point in time where I think you know, if I were to if I were to break it down, it was probably like the last it's still a long time, last like 10 years where that was present. But I had been conditioned by the prior 10 years to think like, oh, I, you know, this is what I'm meant to do. So anyway, that's just a quick aside on that. Uh, but to your question. So real estate made sense for a lot of reasons. Right. Because 40, you know, at the time I was late 30s, I guess, when I first had these thoughts about like, oh, you know what, I think it might be time to go. You know, I hadn't turned 40 yet when I when I moved to Michigan and took that job. So, you know, I think I think that real estate made a lot of sense. It was practical. It was explainable, defensible to people that would ask me about, like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, it makes sense. It's real estate. It's not like trying to start the next Amazon. And that mattered to me at that point. Right. Others perception mattered to me. Uh, and it was and it was, you know, financially, uh, undisputably a great, great avenue to go down no matter what. Right. Like, you know, even people own people that are high level C-suite executives, they have multiple homes, they have multiple assets. They like real estate just makes sense. So I started with this, this idea, I'm going to buy real estate. And I bought, I had a single family home that I couldn't sell when I moved from New York to Boston years and years ago. And it was a rental property that was more like collect the checks. Hopefully they never call and just like, whatever you want to, you want to pay twice next month. Cause you can't this month. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Like no management uh, in place from me. I just, I just, as long as I wasn't losing money, that's all I cared about. And when I got this idea, I reread rich dad, poor dad, like 34, 35 years old. It was like, man, I got this property. Let me like convert that to an asset, right? Let me like make that an asset. So I did. And then I bought two burrs in the kind of the same town or near the same town in upstate New York. They were, I think 170 combined that I bought them for. Both needed a ton of work. I estimated 35,000 and ended up being 70. So underestimated that. Um, and, but from there it was like, all right. Nobody's but, ever done that before, Jamie. No, Don't never, worry. never. I know it's, yeah. 
But from that point, it was like, wow, it's a lot of work to close on two different properties, two different tax bills, two different everything, right? So I started to get into the idea of multifamily, found a partner. We started looking at multifamily properties and we were getting sort of stonewalled by brokers. Even though he had a few single families, I had a couple of duplex and a single family. We thought that would be enough credibility for a commercial broker, but it just wasn't. We weren't closers. So we had this idea to start a meetup. We start this meetup called Multifamily and More in Michigan. And what's funny is in the, the first two or three months, we had this couple that came to our first two or three meetups. So we didn't own any multifamily. We just started it and we told our, our audience, if you will, hey, look, I, we, we don't own any, you don't own any, or maybe some of you do, but we're all here to learn together, right? So these people liked us enough, me and my partner to say, hey, we got this 16 unit. You know, We've got it under contract with the seller. It's off market. We can't close on it on our own. The bank is requiring what you have, to be honest with you, like some experience, a little bit more liquidity. So we bought it and it wasn't, a, it was like 750 grand, 755 that we bought it for. Uh, and it was like, all right, this is it. This is the model. We're going to, we're going to start blowing up multifamily. But what happened was I actually got more interested in the multifamily and more community. And I started really enjoying podcasting, creating content, putting out stuff on YouTube, Instagram, all of that about real estate. And then, yeah, if we get some real estate, that's cool. Right? So the pivot for me went from real estate as the, as the solo plan to real estate as the foundation with allowing for that real estate career to build my brand. And then the brand sort of elevated from there and escalated from there and pivoted to more mindset and, and all of that. And yeah, you know, without going too in the weeds, but that was real estate was the foundation and it pivoted over to, to uh, brand. When I left my job, I owned with partnerships, 42 units. I've sold all of those so far. And now I'm in the syndication space. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the, the path out, if you will. You know, the beautiful thing about what you just said is a lot of people think that they have to be an expert that to start something like a mastermind or a group, right? And I would say 99% of people think that they have to be. When Ryan and I started the podcast, we had a couple of units. We, we were just like using it as a way to share our own journey. And I think as long as you don't market yourself as an expert, as long as you walk in there with the humility and I'm like, no, I don't know anything. But I just want to meet other people that, you know, you can even do self-deprecating, right? Like, I don't know anything at all, right? I just want to meet people that are that are in this space that do know more than me, and maybe we can learn together. As long as that's the approach, I think people really buy in, into the authenticity, which is, I suspect, the reason why you've been successful, is that you've just been like, this is who I am, this is what I want to do, not the person that's like the guru or the person that's trying to sell you something immediately before jumping in. And th believe me, that's hard to sift through. Those things are everywhere, right? Yeah. So I want to commend you for that. And it's kind of just like you had enough business experience that you knew that you would be successful in whatever else you did. Um, I'd love to dive into the syndication and kind of what you're doing, like what your current portfolio looks like now and and how you um, how you have built it over over the years. Yeah, so I, I what, what, what ended up happening was I had 42 doors, uh, all all performing, even those those four units in the two duplexes performing well. COVID, COVID gave us a setback with that just because of a sewer line breaking, couldn't get a permit to fix it. It was a mess. But besides that hiccup, the portfolio was really performing well. But I'll tell you, I hate operations, hate it with everything in me. I don't like asset management. I don't like dealing with tenants. I don't like it. I just, it's me not too. me, right? <laughs> I enjoy the the contact aspect of real estate, the networking, the capital raising, all of that. And I hadn't raised capital, but the concept of it, it just made sense to me, like build a relationship, get what you call that KLT, that no like and trust down. And people will, uh, you know, people are always looking to invest. And it's like, I can invest with all these people or I can invest with you who I know. So, you know, that was always, that made sense to me. So that angle was always in my mind. And it's funny around, uh, what was it? About two years ago, a year and a half ago now, 
we had a 22 unit under contract outside of Detroit. And I met a guy at a GoBundance event, another GoBundance guy who was syndicating multifamily in Denver, LA, Austin. And these were like what I was buying, like 20 to 50 unit uh, uh, class BC multifamily value add plays, but in really, really great neighborhoods in those three cities, LA, Austin, and Denver. And he's like, look, man, I, you know, I don't have your energy in our team. It was really just him and like an, like an asset guy, exact opposite of me. I would love to bring in, if you're open to it, I'd love to bring in like a, like a capital raising investor relations, marketing type of guy to be part of the general partnership. And I remember thinking like, yes, all day. So that 22 unit that we had under contract, we wholesaled over to another buyer for, I think we got like a $15,000 wholesale fee or whatever. So got rid of that contract and got, and went, went over to quantum capital, which is who I work with now. Um, and partnered with, with them a year and a half ago. And we've done oh boy. I, I don't know the exact unit count. I want to say it's around 400 units, 10 properties that we, we closed on last year. Uh, one, four of which, five of which were in a fund. The remainders were all single syndications. Um, so that's the portfolio I own now. So I'm, I'm a part of the general partnership on those assets. And I invest as a, invest as a limited partner in those assets. And uh, we closed out one right at the end of like December 30th, literally right before the new year. Uh, and we actually just got one more under contract now that I'm excited about as a seller finance deal. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I, I ended up selling my duplexes because they were in New York. We had moved out. New York was getting a little too crazy. Even though this wasn't New York City, it was just a little too crazy on landlord tenant stuff. So we got rid of those, made a little money on that. I sold the 16 unit, our first one, which I really didn't want to, but my partner just, he wanted out. He was going in a different direction. So it just made sense. We sold it. And I was in another 22 unit, not the one in Detroit, but a different one. I was a small partner in that as a, as a key sponsor. I signed on the debt on that one. Uh, and they, the team sold that one recently. And um, I don't know, I made like 50 or 60 grand on no money invested. So not too bad. So I sold all my active investments and I'm all in on these as a general partner and limited partner on all the quantum deals right now. For people that don't know, can you talk through Emerge? And then can you also talk through your relationship with GoBundance and I guess sure. the power of masterminds? How you got involved and, and what you recommend for aspiring entrepreneurs? Yeah, years ago when I when I went through this breakdown, this was 2017, I guess, 2017 into 18. When I went through this breakdown, I'm like, oh my God, this isn't for me and I'm going to get into real estate. You know, the concept of me becoming an entrepreneur or doing something outside of my job was like awesome to me, but everyone I would share that with, it was like this foreign concept and I'd be warned off of it. Crabs in a barrel, right? One crab tries to climb out, the rest drag you down. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but just they pull you back to where they're comfortable with you, with who they know of you. I call that they're part of my remember. I'm their remember when people. They've only known me for who I've been, and they want to keep me safe and and secure where I've been, right? Like you go do that is too dangerous. We fear for you. Come on back. So abundance to me, I learned of on bigger pockets was was what I learned of it was like, okay, that's my imagine when people like they, they represent the version of me that I'm becoming as opposed to the version of me that I might currently be. So if I want to be a high net worth driven entrepreneur who has, you know, a real estate or businesses or whatever, and thinks big, move to a foreign country, all that stuff. Like there's at the time, 200 of those guys sitting in that room over there. I just got to drop 10 grand to go see them. So, okay, I'm going to do that. And I joined GoBundance. This was 2018. I think it was. Um, so I just started as a member and honestly, a member that didn't feel like he belonged because these guys to me were just crushing it. So I felt all the feelings of imposter syndrome and not being enough and all that stuff. And I played it kind of small for a while until I, you know, got out of my own way and decided to really just engage and add value to whoever I could. You mentioned connecting dots. Like that's my, that's my value. I'm a great connector. I think there's three elements that people need to understand are absolute superpowers. And if they're in their job, they may not and may not feel like there's real true market value in these three things. 
Some people are great underwriters. They love being in the spreadsheets. That's a highly, highly valuable skill as an entrepreneur or a partner with another firm if you wanted to go that way. Some people are great integrators. That might be the highest of the three. Uh, people are looking for integrators all the time. And you can get into um, a great, great relationship with a high-level entrepreneur, have equity in a company by being a great integrator, integrating a vision. And thirdly is being a great connector. Like those three things are highly, highly valuable in the marketplace, I've learned as an entrepreneur or anywhere for that matter. So for me, it was that. In GoBundance, I was great at connecting people, connecting scenarios, hearing a podcast and sharing it with somebody that told me they were into, into whatever that podcast topic was, you, you name it. So I became kind of known as sort of a, a, a guy that's just here to add value, good guy. He's trying to do something, wants to quit his job at the time I said in 10 years. But once you get into a group like that and you start sharing your vision and then they're going like, that's it? That's your vision? You want a house on a cul-de-sac? Don't you already have that? I'm like, yeah, I guess I do. So how about a bigger vision? Like, oh, okay, I could do that here, you know, because I couldn't do that with my remember when folks. So I share bigger visions and bigger goals. Guys, I want to travel three months with my family anywhere in the world, anywhere I want to go. And to them, it's like, okay, cool, let's execute that. And they would hold me accountable, especially when I lost my nerve, to executing on buying larger property, partnering with Quantum, whatever it was. And two years later, not 10, I ended up quitting my job. So GoBundance was, was a huge catalyst. Now, in the middle of that, because again, I became somebody who's a value-add type of guy, big proponent for GoBundance because of all the value I was getting, the founders of it said, hey, we want to build this future GoBundance member club where we can give people proximity to GoBundance members. We can, we can help them kind of develop toward being that whole life millionaire and one day joining GoBundance. Do you want to take that on? Do you want to partner and own it? I said, yeah, sure. I'm a claims adjuster or claims director. No problem building an online course and mastermind community, which I've never done before. But I just said, yeah, let's go. So that's when Emerge and Ascend were born. And now it's called Emerge Supercharged. And that was back in, what would that be? 2021. Um, no, I'm sorry, late 2020. Late 2020. And, uh, and we officially launched in January of 21. And I've had that business ever since for the last couple of years. And what I love is every Friday, uh, 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 is cursing allowed on the show? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Bring it on, dude. Right. Well, every Friday, our members do something called Fuck Yeah Friday. That's not mine. That's theirs. And like just this past Friday alone, right? Like one guy bought a business. Uh, he's, he made 166% on the closing of the business. Insane. Bought this incredible landscaping business. Another guy refied out of a property for 230 grand that he bought a couple of years ago. He found a, a really good loan product. Another person ended up quitting their their high level, uh, high paying job. And another person did some, oh, they, uh, they, uh, uh, they have assisted living facilities. They they got it to their vacant or their occupancy level that they wanted to get to, and then they just got approval for an SBA loan to a, to acquire another one. Right, like all in one week, four people shared that as their fuck yeah Friday. Like when I started seeing that result at my job still, but having this emerge thing on the side, it was time to go. Like that's my purpose: cultivate that community. Not the guru. To your point, I'm not the guy that's like I teach all of you how to do that, but I connect them to the people who know what they need to do, right? I, I create the space for them to connect to one another in their accountability pods or whatever to do exactly what I did. So it's literally like the formula that I went through in GoBundance is just extrapolated down to people that maybe are like, you know, 600 grand in net worth with eight properties as opposed to 4.6 million with 70 units or whatever it might be, right? So that's all it is. And and it's been an absolutely uplifting, incredible experience to, to be just sort of sitting at the front of that community, if you will, not like the leader of it. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. I am the leader of it, but not like the follow me, I know all the answers guy, but just to be able to see what does this community need? How can I help? Where can I add my value to help them get to where they're trying to get to? So we've had 
42 people go from Emerge to go abundance. We've had a few dozen quit their high paying jobs. Like all the things they want to do, they're starting to do, which is so fucking cool. So anyway, that's Emerge. Jamie, this is so cool. And I want to go back to something that you said about how you were like, all right, I'm going to shoot super big. I want to be able to travel three months out of the year with my family and go wherever I want. And the reception that you got from that was like, yeah, dude, like that's what we do. Right. As opposed to like, you thinking that is such a lofty goal and it all depends on the room that you're sitting in, right? Like if I said that to my family, they'd be like, they'd be like, is that possible? Like, I don't know anybody that does that, right? No disrespect to them. They're they're amazing. I love them. No, listen, I had a guy, I had a guy that I worked with and for at one point, I remember sitting in an airport, this was circa 2020, I guess it was, or 20, no, 2019. Um, No, 2018. Holy crap, going back. But I remember saying that to him, like, you know what, I'm going to travel three months of a year and he's like, you got young kids, you have your job. It's an only U.S. company. Like you can't travel and work. Like what are you talking about? You know, I remember him like, "Hey, I, I love you, man. Maybe, I mean, maybe you win the lottery. Something happens." But uh, you know, it was. I remember feeling dejected, but also like, "Screw you! I'm going to make this happen." Yeah. All at the same time, and I had a community of guys that would say, "Yeah, screw him. This is absolutely absolutely can happen for you." So yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's it's just amazing what's possible when you put it out there, one, but then two, get the reception that you deserve by putting yourself in the room that uh, where other people that are already doing that or even more so that your goals seem like they're even minuscule compared to the ones that other people are talking about. And that's well that's where I think that maybe Rye and I are, are lacking a little bit uh, um, just in terms of we haven't decided like what mastermind to join or like what coach to hire. Yeah, exactly. In fact, we ha- interviewed Robert Croak and he was amazing. I don't know if you know him. He was the guy who no. invented silly bands. Um, <laughs> but he also has like a number of other businesses and just like, and he, he told us that he would like help frame some things for us. But I think it's really cool just to be able to do it even virtually. Everyone says that's a high level entrepreneur that you have to get in the rooms of people that are doing more than you. And it's not easy to do, right? Because you have to fork up right. that 10000 or $20,000 that you feel like you could go, oh, no, I can go invest that into you know a four unit or a duplex or whatever. But to get out of the mindset that that, that single source investment is not actually going to take you so much further than the investment into yourself. I think that's – can you talk about like how you've been able to – put it in people's heads the investment in yourself how it's so much more valuable than like that paper or dollar figure investment i feel like that's a selfish question because it's something that we're potentially struggling with you know what i mean no no well the first thing you you said it most of people most people look at it and i did especially in w2 land as an expense not an investment that's one two is and if you guys are in this space now even if you have w2s i'm sure you've had a lot of entrepreneurs on Uh, that have talked about the fact that they invest in some sort of networking group, whether it's Genius Network, Abundance, or whatever, right? Like so many people have coaches or or, uh, uh, masterminds or whatever that they belong to. So it's honestly, the first and foremost thing I say to people is like, you are telling me that you want the 1% life and yet your actions align with the 99. So if you want the 1%, what are the 1% doing? That's what a revelation was for me. It was like the 1% are investing a lot of money in their own development, coaching, community, network, whatever, events, all that stuff, right? Like the 1% do that. So if if I want that, then it's like they say success leaves clues. I got to go down that path, right? Like that's that's the path to go down. So that's one. Two is, I always say this to people too. Um, so let's say you're going to invest, I don't know, 10 grand in a, in a mastermind or a coaching program or whatever. What I would say to them is, because um, they're like, wow, it's 10 grand, it's a lot of money. It's like, look, if 10 grand 
will fundamentally change your life if you got no value out of it. Almost like if 10 grand fell out of your pocket on the street somewhere and you didn't know it and it was gone. If you can't travel this year like you were going to, if you can't take your wife or husband out to dinner, if you can't, you know, uh, feed your kids or what, then don't invest in a community, like build up your cash flow a little bit. But if in a year you are not going to look back and say, oh man, my life this year right now will be so much different if only I had that 10 grand from last year. If you don't say that, then it's worth the investment. Because that's what I said. Like I had to admit to myself, like I would hate to lose 10 grand. Meaning like I join this thing and I do nothing with it. I would hate to lose it. Just like dropping it on the street. But honestly, it wouldn't change how I invested. It wouldn't change our vacation plans. It wouldn't change my ability for the kids to get photos at school on photo day or, you know, buy them what they needed for Christmas or wanted for Christmas. You know what I mean? Like it would suck. I'm not saying 10 grand is nothing. I mean, that sucks. I would be annoyed very much so. But the reality is I was fortunate enough where that wouldn't change my life negatively. But the flip is I'm going like heavy on the, if I lost it and did nothing with it, but just imagine one connection. Just imagine one idea, one moment where you're losing your nerve and you retract back without that person saying, "Uh uh-uh, not going to drag you down like a crab. I'm going to drag you up, right? Like those moments become priceless. For me, I've actually accounted for it. It's, I think $863,000 is my income and equity earned by being a member of GoBundance, right? Like that's directly correlated to the annual $10,000 investment plus events. So call it 20 grand a year, right? 20 grand a year, 80 in, 800,000 back. That's infinite. But on top of that, I met the owner of a major league baseball team. My kids and wife and I went to that, went to a game, watched a game from the owner suite. At that game, I met one of my favorite authors, this guy, Benjamin Hardy, and we've become friends. In fact, this book doesn't come out till May. Like that's how that's how we've 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 gotten to know each other, right? I got to know a, st- a senator, not a state senator, a, a, a federal senator, a, a U.S. senator by going to that baseball game. You know, like the connections you gain, the income potential that's there, if you leverage it even a little bit, even a little bit is infinite. So to me, to me, those are the two levels of it. One, you got to do what the 1% are doing. If that, if you're looking to go there and all those people are doing X, then you got to do X, right? That just makes sense to me. It's logical. And B is when you look at the investment, you know, ask yourself, is it going to change your life? Or even if you need to, how many old fashions a week are you drinking? How many Oreo cookies are you stuffing in your face? Like how many unhealthy things are you doing for yourself? How many binge drinking nights with the boys have you done? Not saying don't do it, but it's like, if you can invest in that, drop six, seven, 800 bucks in a night of just having fun with your buddies every so often, like you start to add those things up. It's really not that big an investment. And this is something that actually serves you. So those are the couple of things that I like to tell people. Brilliant. I uh, I think it 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 puts it in the, the right frame of mind for us, like how much time and energy we've spent into things that don't actually serve us. Maybe they think they do. They We think they do because of the way society tells us that, but they actually don't. Um, and I just, just recently did that starting with like my, I, I love working out. It's huge for me, but I just recently changed my, what I'm putting in my body significantly so that it, yeah. the investment, I'm spending more money. Right. But what I'm getting out of it is I, I'm not, I'm never tired. Like I, I don't feel tired at all. Right. I'm drinking a lot of water. I'm eating healthy. I'm more productive. I can work out more. I can, which more production means more free time. Right. It's all, it's like this whole, whole like this spiraling that's, thing. So that, that's great investment. You know and yeah, one thing I want to throw out there, how old are you guys? Just so I have an idea. I'm 31, rise 32. All right. Perfect. So you guys are at the beginning. I'd like to say the beginning part of the flip of time and money. So when I was 25, 30, 31, 32, 33, 
you know, there were things that were just like, I'm not going to pay for that. Like, I, I'll just do it myself, mow my own lawn, do my own, whatever it is, right? Like, I'm not going to just pay for all this stuff. It doesn't make any sense. Well, as you get a little older and you start to look at like, wow, 30 came faster than I thought it would have. Like, I thought I'd have it all figured out by 30 and you don't. I guarantee you don't, right? You're still 18 in your brain. You still act like you're 18. You still joke like you're 18. You still interact with each other like you're 18. You're just more sure of yourselves. That's really the only difference at this point in your life, more than likely. Trust me when I tell you 30 to 40 yeah, we can't, is about- We can't move like we're 18. That's the only difference. <laughs> right? well, 30 to 40 goes a lot faster, right? But you still feel no different at 40. However, your relationship to time completely shifts. So for me, the idea of a mastermind or a coach or whatever is like, oh, wow, if 30 to 40 went this fast, how fast is 40 to 50, 50 to 60, 60 to 80, like whatever, right? Like this is going to roll quick. So I can either sit on my on my on my laurels and say, I'm not going to pay for that and then just invest all this time and maybe finding two, in my case, 200 men that are millionaires, entrepreneurial, and want to be the best version of themselves as husbands and fathers and in health and everything. I can try to go find them. It's going to take a lot of time for me to walk around Michigan or here in the Dominican Republic or wherever to find those people, right? Or I could drop 10 grand and they're in a room for me and they're right there. That took me from 10 years leaving the job to two, right? I'm buying time back. So I think that's that's something as you go through your 30s, and I'm sure now going into my 40s and closer to 50, I'll learn more lessons. But that was a big lesson for me. 30 felt like adulthood. I realized it wasn't. 40 came 16 seconds later, and uh, and it was like, holy shit, I'm going to be 80 before you know it. So I, I better I better do something different. That's a horrifying revelation, to be honest, that it's going to get- It is. Time's going to move faster. It's right? empowering, though. Yeah. yeah. You guys married kids or no? I am. Uh, I have a girlfriend, not married. Rye is married. married. Get on the way. Get on the way. Oh, just wait, dude. You will. There's one phrase you will utter to your boy here, and that is, dude, don't ever tell me you're busy again. Don't ever say the word, oh, dude, I've been so busy. Never, ever, Corey, say that to Ryan ever again after that kid is born. You're going to wonder how in the fuck you ever use the phrase, I'm so busy after you have this kid. It's amazing. Don't get me wrong. It's going to make you way more efficient, but that is where time starts to really move really go fast. You know, I didn't have my first kid till 35 and still it flew, man. 30 to 40, just blink of an eye. So that's, that's what I think we're in the, to, to your point, I know it's going to change and I like feel that. So I've been kind of on edge with certain things in the business. Well, we have like five businesses. So, and they're all like jumping over each other and like trying to streamline them as much as possible. That's why I was asking about the funnels and a lot of certain yeah. like behind the scenes things. I need to get more efficient because I know I'm going to be smacked in the face with some craziness in the next couple of months. And we're just in different uh, str strides of life here. You know, like yeah. I'm still single as a girlfriend, but like, and we've not clashed on many things, but I just no. know something that I can't control is going to happen. And I'm just going to be navigating it. And like, we're trying to navigate the next, how do we project the next year out? It's like, dude, I can't like, you got to let me, give me a little bit to get used to this thing that's going to come into the world that I have to protect and figure out. And I'm like, I just got to wait. I'm not going to wait on everything, but trying to systematize most of our businesses is it's, it's a heavy, heavy task to take on. And that's why I asked the question or I wanted to open this door is like, we know we have cash coming in uh, that 10,000 bucks. Truthfully, we're at the point where we'd miss it. It would suck, but knowing that it's going to the right thing, sure. it's kind of a no brainer for us. We're one of the properties is going through a refi. We're going to come into some, uh, some cash. Another one's getting sold, coming some cash instead of just hoarding all that money for a property, which we thought we were like, yeah, we're definitely going to do that. We're going to spread it out amongst sure. a couple of deals. Of course. Like, Smart. Maybe we should, maybe we should hire a coach. And then with that, when you come to that revelation, it's like, 
all right, how do you find the right one? And I think that's for our audience listening to this conversation, you know, not being able to jump in. They're probably like, dude, that sounds great. But how do you find the right coach for you? How do you find the right um, mastermind that you should jump in? I'm already dead set on GoBundance, so is Corey. But <laughs> we're not there at that million millionaire status. We're we're probably the guy that you mentioned that has the 600K plus, 8 to 10 units, couple syndications, cash coming in from left and right. But we're just not super organized. It's not steady. It's, it's up, you know, in waves. So it's like, what do you do with a couple of guys like that? Where, where yeah. would you, where'd you guide us? It, it's, it's gotta be, what is future you and does the culture of whatever that mastermind is represent that? So for me, I was anticipating being a real estate guy. I had the net worth just, you know, I compiled it, right? Some retirement, a couple pieces of property, whatever. I hit the 1 million, that's probably a million dollars, one cent or something like that, but I hit it. Right. So I was right there. I was able to join. But that organization, that group, Abundance, represented, oh, okay, there are, they are men, which I am. They're entrepreneurs, which I'm, I'm aspiring to, and they're in, mostly in the real estate space. So like, check, check, check. And then I really love the cultural aspect of like, it's not just about that. It's more about the whole life, right? Like that made sense to me. But as I move forward, like I was looking at uh, a YouTube mastermind group, right? Because I've, I've gotten a lot into the social space and YouTube is a, a channel I want to build. So like I'm looking at, have been looking at, what YouTube sort of mastermind community might there be? I almost joined one. They actually ended up shutting it down. I'm glad I didn't. But, you know, I've looked at that. Or from a marketing perspective, Genius Network is a is a, a great mastermind. It's high level. It's 25 grand a year. You know, like those sorts of things are what I look at. So I think it's like, where am I going? Where do I anticipate myself being in, you know, the next three to five years? And that identity, whatever that identity is that I create now that I want to lean into over the next couple of years, like that's got to be the mastermind that you join. And I do believe that, you should find the community first and let that just let that drive you to the coach because the community gives you various perspectives. It gives you the ability to kind of look and see and feel and like, oh, okay, you know what? I was thinking this angle, but like I said, when I joined GoBundance, it was like, I'm going to buy a bunch of real estate. And it's like, well, I actually became more of like a, like a real estate influencer or whatever. Right. And then it went into more of a, well, I have a, a course and master course mastermind podcast. And we have like a, we have a, a, a small micro tribe within GoBundance for that. Yeah, so I can kind of find my way to where I want to be. And then from there, I can accelerate that. So I think you have to find a mastermind, a group who clearly articul articulates their values and their culture. And that's going to align with who you're becoming. So I wouldn't, if I were you guys, join, say, you know, a a uh, a, a real estate agent mastermind group, even if it's awesome, because that's just not what your identity is moving toward, right? Like, sounds like for you, it's is it real estate based, entrepreneur based, maybe marketing? You guys are in that space. Something like that would be more serving of who you're becoming. So I would go down that route. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Jamie. Uh, part of it is like we are real estate investors. Don't get that, you know, like I always tell Ryan, like we are real estate investors, but we're not like this. Uh, we don't have like these leads coming in, buying duplexes up. Like we're not like buying. 20 units a year like that's not really who we are who we've become is kind of that connector that you that you mentioned like re like bringing value to people in what we do know about real estate growing our portfolio slowly but then also becoming part in syndications we're now part owners in a property management company a hospitality business because on the short-term rental side that's where we've seen the most growth some of our syndications are are in that space as well so we're not like the Oh, this is exactly what we do. Uh, we're, we need to create more deal funnel for buying, you know, duplexes and quads. So I think it's sure. interesting that you say that because the entrepreneurial real estate investor and marketing is, is kind of does kind of tie us all together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's 
that's the best advice I could give is, you know, find the community that serves future you. That's, that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. I always say like, I always, I want to be the ugliest house on the block to put it in real estate terms. Right. So I want to join the room where I'm looking up at everybody, where I don't feel good, where I feel imposter syndrome, where I don't feel like I belong. Cause I just know that once you overcome that, and it's happened to me a couple of times, you know, you sort of normalize that level of success and it becomes, like you said, traveling. We're here six months so far in the Dominican. We'll be here a year plus, you know, but that's, that's on the back of, wow, that became normal. Like this guy lives in Barcelona. This guy lives in Colombia. This guy lives in Costa Rica. Like, oh, this is not so crazy here. It is to regular folks, if you will, but not here. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. And then you get pulled up to that level, right? It just feels normal and uh, great advice. So last, last thing for me on, on this whole topic is, is Emerge, I always thought, you know, I was, I, I'm on your um, newsletter. No, I wouldn't call it newsletters, like mailing list, whatever you want to call it. The, the, the tribe within. And uh, I, I love it. It gives you, you don't hold back. You give your full personality, which I love. And I was like, that's why I was so excited to get on the show with you because I just knew we would all vibe. Now sure. it is the, I always thought Emerge was almost like the, the lead system up to uh, GoBundance. Like, we're like, okay, we start there, get good, build our connections, and then, you know, still raise your net worth. And then you graduate to GoBundance. Is that true? Is that, in, is that like, yeah, that, that's, that's, it's an ascension model in that regard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So emerges a GoBundance community. So it's it's directly associated. Me and the owners of GoBundance own it, right? So it's a direct sort of ascension model within GoBundance. Um, but yeah, the 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 value of it, I think, well, two things. One is each other, right? The connection you get with other people that are like minded. And two is because it's a it's a, a part of a, an organization, meaning GoBundance, where the members value one of six pillars being genuine contribution. Those members contribute a whole bunch down to the GoBundance level. That means partnerships. That means investing in or or solicit, you know, getting in, getting Emerge members to invest in what they're doing. Uh, we have them come in every week and train. I had this guy, Brian Barsick, huge YouTuber, do three sessions on, you know, how to how to make money on YouTube. We had a business acquisition guy, Joe Wexler from GoBundance, come in and do three sessions on how to buy a business. We had tax deed, uh, tax deed, tax lien investment training. Uh, we've done luxury short-term rental trainings with Rachel Gaines. We're like, these GoBundance men and women's members are, are coming into it to provide value, add value. And they a lot of a lot of our members in Emerge have formed connections and partnerships with GoBundance members as a result of that. So yes to what you said. And I think it's because of the fact that we have, um, the, to me, the value is the proximity, both with each other and with the GoBundance members that add value to Emerge. Well, I think this is kind of a great segue because a lot of people listening to our show, there are certain certainly people worth millions listening to our show. But I think a lot of people listening are kind of in the same realm that Ryan and I are. We're growing quickly, right? And going to be in that millions very soon, but maybe not there yet. I'm wondering what the parameters of Emerge are in order for somebody to get involved. Like maybe somebody's listening and says, I don't, you know, I, have a, I don't have a $2 million net worth. I can't get into GoBundance. What does, what do you have to have in the net worth standpoint or just um, parameters for Emerge? There's no, that's the, that's what we built it for. There are no minimums. There's no minimums to be part of Emerge. It's literally just, does it fit you as a cultural fit? You jump in, you join, and you get the value of being part of uh, what GoBundance is. So all six pillars are represented. We have events just like GoBundance. We have accountability pods just like GoBundance. So we built it to be uh, sort of the, the no, no, um, no obstacle minimum. And what's funny is I think the perception is it's like, oh, so these are like your 21, 22, 23 year olds just starting out. It's like, there are some. There are also some 50, 55, 60 year olds that maybe got to have in a divorce or whatever the case would be and are trying to reestablish and want to get around like-minded people. But the middle of it is 
you know, men and women. It's co-ed because we have a GoBundance men and women uh, organization that we can we can feed to. But it is a, you know, four to $800,000, now more because GoBundance moved to $2 million, so we have the $1 to $2 million people coming into it. But it is a four to $800,000 uh, 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 net worth uh, you know, either W-2 with side hustle or full-time entrepreneur in some way, shape, or form um, individual that is that is really kind of the the middle, the avatar of what GoBundance, uh, I'm sorry, what Emerge really is about. And like I said, like the guys and gals that post these Fuck Yeah Fridays, like they, they're buying their second, third business. They're they're intimately familiar with SBO. This is a big topic on subject two right now. I'm not even sure I fully understand it, but a lot of people are talking no, I don't. subject two. Pace yeah. is the guy. Yeah, Pace is the guy that I've known. Pace no Morgan. So a lot of people are, are getting into subject two. We've got um, we've got micro tribes uh, that are topic based. Like we have a capital raising micro tribe. We have a dad's micro tribe on the men's side. We have a what we call entrepreneur micro tribe. Her being, you know, so it's a female entrepreneur micro tribe. And we have a GoBundance women's millionaire come in and speak to the ladies of Emerge, if you will. We have all these different communities within the community to serve whatever your interest is, right? Like a marketing microtribe, a, a multifamily microtribe, all of that, right? So so yeah, that's that's what emerges. It is an, an ascension model. It's a place for you to go if you're like, I love this GoBundance thing. I love all the pillars. I, I just don't quite, quite qualify yet, but I want to be in that world. This is how you get in that world. So you're speaking directly to us, which is interesting, and we haven't talked it. I'm, I'm selling no you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you. I actually like subliminally was trying to make you sell me on it, and you didn't. But and you didn't bite, and that made me like want to do it even more. Like I was like, oh, okay, like here's X, Y, and Z on all of us. I gave you the perfect cookie cutter how we fit into this, and you're like, yeah, you know, you know, do what you like. If you like this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, he's he's not just wait. not selling me on this. Yeah. I want to do. It looked before. across at Ryan. I was like, this sounds exactly what we need. What is the cost to to you know for people listening and right this, this is the beauty of entrepreneurship it's constantly in flight what i would say right now probably when this releases we are settling in on like we, we've had so many different models and and to your point the reason i don't sell hard like i yep. put out emails and all that of course because again i see these results and i'm like fuck man like there are people out there who want this so we've done like buy the course for 1500 and then you can upgrade for six grand after that we've done you know full year thing whatever but to be honest with you, what we've really learned is the course is great. It's a great foundational onboarding for eight weeks, but it's not the value. The value is the network. It's the community. It's the accountability. It's the pods. It's all of that stuff. So we're, we're getting to this place where we're like, you know what? We're just going to do a 500 a month model. And if what you want to leave, you got to commit to three months, but you want to leave after that, just give 30 days notice and you're out, right? Like I'm more interested in be here for as long as you want to be or as little as you want to be. I, I, I feel like that puts enough pressure on us, meaning myself and my team, to continually add value and create like, well, shit, man, this is this investment just it's just paying off for me so much. I'm happily giving. And we have an annual model as well. I think it's 4,500 if you pay for the year. So to answer your question, it's somewhere between 500 a month and 4,500 a year right now. That fluxes here and there, but that's the entrepreneurial ADD that is me. My whole objective is how do we make this super easy for people? How do we make sure that they're understanding what it is like? We were overselling the course. It's like, it's good. Uh, and there's a lot of support with it, but it's like, that's that's not why people are joining, really, at the end of the day. Like, where they're getting value is, wow, I met this other person. You know, the guy that just closed on a business, he and another guy are syndicating, started a syndication business to buy uh, storage facilities now. And I think they have their first one under contract. Like, that's the value. It's not me putting on a course and you watching me on a video. That ain't it. It's what we've cultivated. So 500 a month and or 4,500 a year is right now where we are until next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jamie, the, the thing, of <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's uh, that's building the parachute on the way down for sure. Hundred uh, percent. But I think it's been that, yeah, yeah. Which is why you're so good at it, to be honest. But I think um, to 
the course is there's a reason why Ryan and I haven't done a course and yet I think we will but the the course is nice because it paints the picture for the how to if somebody needs to learn how to but there's billions of books out there that will teach yeah. you the how to what I think the that people are lacking and to your point just coming from somebody who might be a future member if I you know if if we could is that the experience you get from bumping elbows and from rubbing shoulders or whatever the term is with the people who are actually doing the thing that you want to do, learning about it. There's so much free content everywhere. If you just followed the weekly juice and listen and, and looked at all of our videos and all of our free content, you'd learn a lot of shit. Doesn't mean you could actually do it because you probably would need to be in a room with somebody who's doing it so that you can be like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Or I, I do want to do that. Or I, that's the mistake I don't want to make or want to avoid. So, I love what you just said because I think it's it's actually well. Here, here's here's to me like people you say about selling, right? People will say, "Oh, should I join this?" And I'm like, "Well, no, right now because you're like you're literally learning. So just go to YouTube or listen to podcasts or whatever. Like you can learn all this stuff. Just Google it. I think where something like Emerge or GoBundance comes in is when you get beyond the point of your problems being Googleable, right? So like I had a guy reach out to me. Uh, actually, he worked at my company. <laughs> Funny enough. He's like, hey, I heard you, whatever. He used to work at my, or he still works at my company. I won't say his name. But he, um, I didn't know him. He found me on social and heard progressive. He's like, oh, that's cool. Like, I, you know, I work in another state. And he was first asking about using his um, home equity line to buy a property. This is like a year and a half ago, right? And I gave him some, some thoughts, like, check this out, check that out. Like, there you go, right? Uh, through DM in Instagram. And he did it. He went out and he bought, uh, uh, I think, a duplex or a triplex or something with his, with a portion of his home equity line, right? Flash forward to like, a week or not a week, a month ago, maybe something like that. He messages me and he's like, Hey man, thanks so much for the help. Is there someone that you could direct me to that could help me figure out the most effective way to spend the balance of my, my, um, uh, home equity line, because I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is where you need a community. Now you I, like, don't there's baby bathwater Institute. There's Maverick 2000. There's emerge my thing. There's M one go join whatever one that resonates with you. Again, whatever one represents future you, right? I mean, I'd love to have you in mind, of course, but wherever you want to go, right? But the point is like, I can't direct you to the guy or gal that's an expert in, you know, you, dude, your home equity line limit, you know, your risk tolerance, how much, you know, what you're going to, like, there's just not a guy or a gal to direct. Yes, buying a property with a God, equity line. God might be able to help him. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> buying a property with a home equity line, that's, yeah, study up on that, right? But now your situation has gone beyond. That's why you hire accountants. That's why you hire anything, right? Like your 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 life has gotten, your problems have gotten beyond Googleable, being Googleable. So that to me is the time when you look at a mastermind. That's the perfect time to do it. Uh, and you you said something like that, which is why I wanted to kind of spike the football on it. But, yeah, yeah, that happened for us like a year and a half ago. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've been wasting all this time. Well, it's just a matter of like, do the what the 1% do, right? Like, that's what I would say to you guys, like whatever that might be, but do what the 1% do. You guys, uh, last night I'll ask on this because it's probably giving away all the answers, but uh, do you, how many times a month do you guys meet? And like when people come into it, what do you, what should we expect to have to bring to the table? I know there's pods and all that stuff, but I'm just at least maybe like a little peek behind the curtain. Like yeah. what value can we provide coming into something like that? It, it really depends on what value you have to provide. So what I would say is that most people get lost in the idea of having to provide value tactically. Like, oh, I'm an expert on multifamily or I'm really good at buying businesses. Like I said, my role in GoBundance where I'm still looking up at everybody is, wow, he's a good connector, right? Like, you know, I'm at, a, I'm at an event. I meet this guy and this guy and this guy. And then like a month later, I meet this other guy on a Zoom call of some sort. I'm like, oh shit, dude, you need to meet so-and-so. Hold on. 
Here's your text connect, right? That's my value add. So it's whatever you're great at to answer your question. But I love the question because I think most people join communities wondering what they're going to get. And I did. When I joined GoBund, it's like, okay, there's my money. What do I get, right? And I, I don't mean features. We'll talk about that in a second. But the real value when you go into a community of, of, of you know, like-minded people driven towards something is, okay, what can I give? Because we all know this. If you're a contributory person in the world, generally, in society, that just has a way of returning to you. Not like I did for you, now you do for me. Not like that transactional. But if you're constantly like adding value out there, value comes back, right? Like it just does. When you join a community like this, I think that's the number one thing. Go abundance, emerge, any community, any of the masterminds I just mentioned, go into it with how can how can I add value? And then just lean into whatever you're great at, whatever, you know, go in with two ears open and you'll hear whatever, you know, oh, wait, shit, I can help you with that. Actually, I got a connection or actually I just read this book. Check it out. I mean, I'll do stuff like, hey, man, a month ago, I might have said this earlier, a month ago uh, we met, you were talking about, say, subject to minute 25 of this podcast go right to it like i give them the minute not like hey listen to this whole podcast but like go right here and that'll give you that'll give you i think something really interesting for you right like that's that's how you add value and that's how you get value right when you put yourself into a mastermind you're putting yourself around people who are connected uh and resourced at a level different than what you normally have in your life so like i don't know major league baseball owners in my regular life i don't know you know eight figure millionaires in my regular life but they're in this room and when they're served and they get to know me and I become somebody valuable, there's oftentimes, and it's happened a few now that those people come to me and say, Hey, actually I've got a proposition for you, like partnering with quantum, like partnering on a merge, right? Like those things happen just because I was contributing. So I, you got to look at a mastermind like that. Like, so that's kind of base level as far as how often we meet all of that stuff. So every week on Wednesday, we do something called the proximity power series. So it is a go abundance trainer every week on a topic around either wealth First Wednesday of every month. Second Wednesday is one of our other pillars. So like we have Ryan Kennedy, who's a, 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 a holistic doctor. What do they call them? A naturopath who's training three different topics. The second Wednesday of each month, this quarter. The third Wednesday we do, we call it like dealer's choice or mystery round. So we did like a shark tank with David Osborne and Matt King, um, where we had a couple of deals presented and they got to tear them apart. Uh, last month we did a millionaire case study with a guy that's $182 million in net worth. And this month we're doing a one sheet review. And then the fourth Wednesday of every month, we have a mindset segment. Right now, our our recurring guest is Jason Drees. He comes in every month and and uh, does like training on mindset. Right, the Brandon Turner's coach. Okay. Yeah, mine too. Yep, mine. My oh, coach Brandon cool. Turner. Yep. I bought so, his book. Forget the what's name that? Of it, but I have it. I said I bought his book. I forget the name of it, but I have it. So, uh, right through the impossible. Through the impossible. There you go. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a dude. Good dude. So that's every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. We have a, a training. It's recorded. If people can't make it, that's every week. The pods usually meet weekly, sometimes every other week. Depends on the pod. They decide when they're going to meet. Uh, we do accountability calls two days a week for anybody that wants to join them. Tuesday afternoon, Thursday. I'm sorry, Tuesday evening, Thursday afternoon. Um, what else do we do? Once a month on the first Wednesday, we do a town hall called Grub with Gruber. So, you know, it's like 10 a.m., 7 p.m., 7 a.m. Pacific. It's like- There's your washing hat. Eat. Yeah, grab something to eat and let's, uh, let's uh, go through a few- few learnings I've had and then just answer questions and and we just sort of do a mastermind. That's once a month. And then what else? Oh, then our micro tribes. Our micro tribes are variable depending on how many you join. There's, I think we have eight of them. So there's eight meetings a month and you don't, not every, you shouldn't be in all of them. You should be in one or two and you join those, uh, those meetings as well. So there's, there's always content, but I always liken it to, you got to treat like at least go abundance and emerge. You got to treat it like I want to buy that piece of real estate in that neighborhood because of the quality of the neighbors and the amenities available to me. And there are times that I'm going to be at every backyard barbecue and soon for you, every play date for the kids, right? 
And there are other times where I'm just going to be hanging with one neighbor from time to time because I'm just too freaking busy to do anything else. Like that's a community, right? You're not always going to leverage every amenity in the community, but when you can, you do. And when you can't, you still got your pod, you interact with them and that's your accountability that kind of keeps you rolling. That's how I look at what we're doing with Emerge. There's ample, ample touches. You have to decide what's most valuable. First up, I just want to say for 500 bucks, that's unbelievable. Like 500 bucks it is. per month, unbelievable month. value. Like it is. To be honest, there's coaches that charge 500 bucks an hour for one one hour and you're yeah. bringing in all this training. It's like an unbelievable offer. If people are listening, you'd be dumb not to do it, truly, as long as it's the right fit. Now, these little micro tribes are very cool too. And also the pod situation. For the pods, do you build, I, I get the micro tribes, right? You pick a niche that, that follows your lane that you want to go in, right? You kind of uplift each other. But for the pods, how do you guys decide who's in the right pod with another person? Is there like a, oof. It's, it's hard. Okay. It's hard. And it's never perfect. But we do, we have a full, we have a survey that we put out and it's a bunch of questions. Like, what's the ideal time of day to meet? Where's your net worth? What industry are you in? What time zone? What kind of people do you want to be in it with? Is there anybody you don't want to be in it with named? Is there anybody that you do want to be in it with named, right? Like, and we take all of that once a month. And we form the pods to the best of our ability. Many of them do well. Some of them don't. And we reassign and we try to do our best to get them a new pod. That's one of those things like abundance as well, man. I've been lucky to be in a pod for four years, same pod. We've been amazing. But there are other guys that go through their second or third before they find the one. And I'm always looking at how can we improve this? So we're actually right now recording like a training series for like optimal pod interactions. Um, One thing that a lot of pods uh, uh, haven't done that I'm encouraging them to do is a vision exercise that I get in depth with and I've recorded I've just recorded that so that they have a sense of like you do this this is going to this is going to give you a, a quarter's worth of stuff to do and then the back end homework on it you you will never complain like ah, I'm not quite sure what to do in my pod like I don't know if we're jiving like this will tell you if you're jiving or not and if you're not we'll assign you another pod but if you are you're going to get really deep with one another my pod and I did that actually just had my pod in town in town in the country this past weekend we just went we we did uh there's six of us we did two hours per one sheet. So one sheet's kind of a tool we use to to hold each other accountable. We did two hours on each guy and like that kind of depth, it doesn't have to happen on a Zoom call, but that's the stuff I'm trying to like bring the lessons from and really help pods and emerge. But yeah, we use, we use a lot of questions to try to get the right pod together. We're learning time zones. One of the bigger drivers, like if we have a Pacific and an Eastern, that's just sometimes too hard. Even if they're like, everything else is perfect between you. Like th- that seems to be one of the things that's like, man, you know, we got to get closer to like East Central or Mountain West and try to keep yeah. pods that way. And right now we're doing non-co-ed pods. So it's either all men, all women, although there's one pod that decided to mix and that's okay. That's up to them. I like that. So for me, there's there's two ways I'm thinking about the pod game is like, first one is, ooh, another group chat that's just going to keep blowing up. And that's if you find the wrong pod, right? You're like, yeah, agree. like I'm not jiving. It's like, and then other side of it is, okay, you have the visionary, the integrator. Then if you can get an underwriter in there too, and yeah. like maybe you form your own little business. I know this is not, that's one lane, right? That is all the time though. Could be real pods, estate, done, could be pods have but, created their own entities within themselves. Yep. That, I figure that's such a big benefit. And then the other side is the personal life, which is awesome and getting better as a human being. And so I personally, I, I like that the co-ed, I, I like the male, male on one side and female on the other. Genuinely for, for me, because- that is like, okay, what are these guys doing as like a, a male gr- going through life? And how can I look up to that person and get through and weave the same things? Whereas, I don't know, it's, it's just a different, totally different mindset if you're in it with uh, females as well. I so. completely agree. But there's certain things like I, I wouldn't tell my wife this, right? So why would I admit this in front of another woman? I just, maybe maybe it's old school, but that's how I feel about it. So. No, I, I'm the same way. 
That was cool. Thanks for the breakdown on that. I probably got way too much free info off you on that, but that- no, no, whatever you got. Like I said at the beginning, man, whatever you guys want from me, I'm I'm open. So you're awesome. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. that's um that's amazing. I think we've taken you to almost an hour and a half here, so we want to wrap up the show. But basically, we ended up going into like the value of joining a community, and I think that's what the the show really highlights. And um, you're one of the best at it, so it makes perfect sense. Um, the last question of our show is the last drop and basically jamie it's you know knowing what you know now what advice would you give to your 18 year old self if you had a chance to talk to him and i always say this with you know whether or not he would listen it's probably a whole different story but what advice would you would you tell 18 year old jamie yeah you know i oh so all right if i'm if i answer the question directly i would say uh, do what feels right to you, regardless of what, what you feel, what like others are telling you to do. But I'll be honest with you to expand that answer a little bit. I would tell my 18 year old self, don't change a damn thing. Right. Like, I just think that, you know, I, would I have loved to have learned, uh, you know, the idea of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have committed 21 years to a corporation earlier. I mean, I guess, but it's my journey, right? My journey took me to the point where I made the change that I did. I'm way more interested in going the other way. I like looking at because you just can't i can't go back to 18 year old me and change anything and again i i wouldn't want to i'm like a very happy with my life my wife my kids everything i've been very fortunate so it's like if some little variable was different might i not have this life maybe but it's futile and i don't mean the question i get the question it's futile to really to really ask that to go back to 18 because you can't but as a 31 32 42 44 i guess now year old uh guy like I, i've said this before and apologize if you guys have heard this but I only know me at 90, just like you only know you at 90. And at 32 or 44 or whatever age, like going back to 18-year-old you is attractive because it's like, God, I mean, what would you tell you? Like, you have no idea how young you are, like how, how just stop overthinking. You don't need to get a job right away. Like go travel Europe and then, you know, go try to do stand up in LA. Like just go fucking do, man. Don't worry about all the pressures you feel to get serious and grow up because your friends are. Fuck them. They're doing it all wrong, right? Like, that's what you'd love to tell 18-year-old you now with the wisdom 14, 15 years later of hindsight, having a kid soon and all that. Like, life's way more complex now. I got a mortgage. I got this. I got that. Da, 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 da. So we kind of settle into your point about people not allowing themselves to sort of get out of their comfort zone. It's because they feel like, well, what am I going to do? I got a wife. I got kids. I got this. I got that. It's just too complex. But I guarantee you, if you sat there and said, what would, if 90-year-old me just walked into the room and stood in front of me, and I said, well, here's kind of what I'm thinking, but it's too complicated. If you at 32 are so wise that you could tell 18-year-old self with a little laugh, like, you don't know. 90-year-old you is going to say the same shit. Like, dude, I'm, I'm about to die. We are about to die, right? Like, <laughs> you're, you're vital, young, you're in your prime earning years. Like, fuck you thinking, man? Like, I don't know, maybe your 90-year-old self, you guys tell me, would say, you know what, grind it out. You know, you're not loving what you're doing. Just sort of settle down. Don't don't go for it. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. Just stay safe. Live a life that's below the level of what your purpose is because, you know, that's more comfortable. Maybe 90-year-old you would tell you that, but I highly do. shot. So I'd rather go to that guy. I'd rather say not 18-year-old me, but 90-year-old me has, has the wisdom that I wish I had for 18-year-old me right now. And he would say that to me like, yeah, you got young kids and I can't I can't feel my right knee anymore. Right. I can't do the shit that, you know, I wanted to do uh, uh, all my life because I waited to the end when my body couldn't do all of that. So that 
long answer to the question. It's a passion point of mine. It was a major milestone in my ability to make the change from three, 400 grand a year to not was, holy fuck, 90-year-old Jamie's sitting over there and I know exactly what he would say. So That's a way better way to frame it, to be honest. like yeah, we, We've asked this 100 times probably, maybe more, and that was my favorite answer by far. It's like, dude, reverse it. Look at the old guy. What's he going to say? You're at any point, go go bigger, right? Like That's really, truly what or it is. Just go go with what you want, whatever bigger means. Like It doesn't mean like go bigger, make more money. It could be just, you know, like my dad, my dad just boiled it all. He like got rid of it all. And we moved to like the middle of nowhere at, at, at when he was in his 40s. And I remember thinking like, what a, like almost like what a pussy. But I look back like, it's what he wanted. That was, that was amazing to him. And he, that was a big move for him to do it, to align with his authenticity. And that for him was big, right? That was his bigger. So- yeah, you know, I just think it's it's uh, it's follow what your heart is telling you. Mine was saying you don't want twenty more years in this in this corporate gig. You just don't. So that's what I did. Fantastic, amazing answer. So Jamie, thanks so much for coming on the show. We we have gotten so much value out of this without asking you one specific question about how to buy real estate, right? And that's a lot of times what we talk about. I think uh, first of all, just to develop a relationship with you is is so important to us. I'm so glad you were taking the time out of your day to come on the show. If people want to learn more about you, they want to network, maybe join the community, whatever it may be, what's the best place or way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah. So uh, Instagram at the Jamie Gruber is uh, is probably the most consolidated place that I, I check and I'm in the DMs and all of that stuff. So Instagram for sure. And then I always ask people to check out Tribe of Millionaires. I love my podcast. I have a great time with it. So you know, check out Tribe of Millionaires and uh, uh, we have some really cool episodes on there. I can attest it's an amazing podcast, amazing book as well. So um, Thank you. just a little plug there. The, the whole GoBundance community is is fantastic. So uh, Jamie, as Corey mentioned, it was an honor, pl- privilege to have you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, dropped a wealth of knowledge for us. And it truly was, it was kind of a mindset episode, which I like. Those are honestly my favorite. So uh, thank you once again for coming on the show. It was a blast. Sure thing, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, truly. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Weekly Juice Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and share with friends. The more ratings we get, the more ears we'll get on our show. And in turn, we'll be able to provide you with more high-quality guests. You can also find us on Instagram at Weekly Juice Pod, where we post daily tips and tricks and document our own journey towards financial freedom. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday to get your weekly juice.